everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It is October 24th. It's 2019, and we're here to talk Week 8 NFL. I'm joined by my good buddy, Will, Chief Justice 06. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. It's excited to be back for another week, Week 8. Uh, hopefully, everybody made a little bit of money last week. Uh, hopefully, we can bring a little bit more heat this week. I'm, I'm pretty excited, man. I got a couple games that that I like that, you know, I'm sure other people are going to like as well, but um, I, I, I'm excited. I think the only thing, the only real frustrating thing last week for me, which is probably everybody in the country, was uh, not knowing that David Johnson was going to have a phantom uh, start and, and go out for one play and, and that be it. So, um, obviously, I think we all would have played Chase Edmonds with our eyes closed. But, uh, you know, other than that, man, it was a great week. I wasn't going to play Aaron Rodgers, so, you know, his performance didn't frustrate me. But the David Johnson Johnson one, I, I just thought that was that was pretty – Pretty unfair to, to the DFS world, not that they were thinking about that. But other than that, man, great week. Definitely ready to get this one rolling. Yeah, the, you know, the David Johnson thing was super frustrating. He was, you know, questionable all week. And then when you get that active status um, and you don't hear anything, like nobody reported on anything. And all right, oh, I'm okay getting burned that way. But then them trolling us on Twitter, like, all right, you know, half the people that are watching your football game are fantasy players. So, right. But yeah, um, good week for me. Um, I reviewed my cash lineup on Monday, uh, talked about the decisions that I made and uh, made some right decisions this week. Hopefully keep that thought process rolling here into week eight. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor, fantasydraft.com. They have a $350,000 Hooters main event, 50 K to first place this weekend. $25 buy-in. They have a ton of stuff going on over there at Fantasy Draft. And again, like I say every week, they include that Sunday night football game. And the Sunday night football game is one of the juiciest games on the slate with the Packers and the Chiefs. So a lot of stuff going on over there on Fantasy Draft. If you're not a high-dollar bankroll player, it's rake-free DFS. Um, I've saved over $1,500 this football season alone playing over there on fantasy draft. So if you have not checked them out, go over there, give them a look and, um, you know, give them a, give them a shout. So awesome sponsors of the podcast. One of the reasons that each and every day, this podcast is up and free. Well, we're going to start here with the Thursday night football game. We got Washington and Minnesota. It's a 42 and a half total Minnesota's favored by 16 and a half. Um, you know, playing showdown here, talking showdown slates, um, is there anything on Washington that you like here? Well, I mean, I, I, I think you have to like the pass catchers in this game. Now, what, whether or not, you know, it's able to materialize, you know, we'll just have to watch the game and see. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think McLaurin is going to be a good play. Obviously, we know he's the number one target in this offense. And while I don't feel like Washington is going to score a whole bunch of points, I still think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit in between the 20s. So, um, you know, I think Terry McLaurin is a, is a huge play here um, in a game where I, I suspect that they'll be behind most of the game. Uh, outside of that, um, you know, maybe a little bit of Trey Quinn, maybe a little bit of Paul Richardson. Like, I, I wouldn't write those guys off. But I'm not running to play any of these guys. But, but Terry McLaurin, I think – 
I think he probably needs to be at the top of the list. Steven Sims, if you really want to get a, a pretty cheap guy, but um, I, I think the passing game is where I'm at. So obviously, I think I'd have a little bit of interest in Case Keenum, um, just because he, you know if he has to throw a lot late and throws a couple of touchdowns, you may need him to 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 win. But uh, other than that, that's that's about all I'm looking at on Washington. Yeah, I think my favorite play from Washington is Wendell Smallwood. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson dealing with ankle sprains and Thompson not going to play. Even if AP suits up, I just don't expect him to play a ton in this game. So, um, AP is a is a is a dude that just is always super like I'm going to play as much as I can no matter what type of player, but this just seems like a really good spot for Smallwood. Honestly, I could see a full Minnesota stack with the cheap Smallwood winning tournaments here. Um, with Minnesota's defense, um, the onslaught of Cook and Cousins and, you know, Diggs and however you want to approach uh, Minnesota here. But I honestly, I could see it being one of those weird showdown slates where, like, the cheap the cheap Washington player and, like, a full-on Minnesota stack wins. So, I'm definitely going to build some narratives with that type of team. And, you know, McLaurin would be the guy. Um, like, Paul Richardson didn't even get a target last week. Um, so, like, he ended up not running any routes, um, didn't play any snaps. Did he not play? Um, so, yeah, so he didn't even, like – wasn't even out there. Like, bye. Like, it was just so – it was <laughs> – so, for what it's worth, though, super rainy, super nasty weather game. So, like, yeah. you can kind of throw that game away. It was against one of the best defenses in the league. So, McLaurin would be the guy for me if I was playing a pass catcher. But I like Windows Smallwood a lot here. And then on the Minnesota side of things, I love the defense and Dalvin Cook. Like, those are high-end targets for me. If you have the Gahoonies, you fade Stefan Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's going to be the highest-owned player on the slate, I would think, with um, Thielen not playing. Yeah, man, I mean, for sure. I, in, in my head, I feel like this is almost a repeat of the last showdown we had where Dalvin Cook maybe runs it in, you know, two or three times. However, you know, with, with the way Kirk Cousins is trying to push the ball down the field right now, you've got to suspect that Diggs – is potentially going to catch one of these 50-yard touchdowns. that he, And if he does that, you know, he, he's going to have the potential to, to lap Dalvin Cook, especially if he goes, you know, 100 – I think he had, what, 140 yards on five catches last week or something like that, 142 maybe, something like that. I'm not saying it's going to be that, but, I mean, if he happens to catch a touchdown and goes over 100, you know, five to seven catches, I mean, he's, he's going to put up a nice game. <laughs> I think a way to get different in showdown this week is to, you know, throw in a guy like like Johnson. I mean, every, everybody's going to play him, but you know, how much is he going to be in the captain spot? Um, you know, what what if he happens to catch two touchdowns? You know, you know, two twenty yard touchdowns or thirty yard touchdowns. But um, that that's kind of something I, I'll explore along and along as the day goes by. Yeah, I like Johnson a lot. Um, I like Diggs. I'm just saying, like, he's going to be the most owned player on this slate. So, to get different, um, you could play Johnson. Diggs is the is the guy here, though. Like, he, he's going to have a ton of targets. But Johnson ran 24 routes. Like, he, he ran routes on 51% of his snaps. Like, he Diggs ran 27, and Johnson ran 24, and Thielen started the game. So, I think that Johnson's the guy that's really interesting. Treadwell for large field tournaments if you're just, you know, taking a shot. But 
Treadwell's going to be the number three wide receiver. He's going to slide into Johnson's role with Johnson sliding into Thielen's role. And you can always throw, like, a flyer on, like, a, a um, Rudolph. It's a showdown slate, so. Man, I think Rudolph is the third receiver. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even probably. know why they keep Laquan Treadwell. They don't even like him for some reason. They, I don't know. But, well, obviously they do. They keep him around. All right, let's move on to the main slate here. We get started with Arizona at New Orleans. It's a 48-and-a-half total. New Orleans is favored by 10-and-a-half in this game, and obviously we have a ton of questions already coming into this game. But Kyler Murray, um, you know, he's always a stud-type play. What are your thoughts here on Arizona? Uh, The same thoughts I have almost with this showdown slate. I'm expecting him to be behind a little bit. Um, and you know, I think I think you have to look at this passing attack. Uh, we we know where most of the targets are going to go. I would say, you know, I would say most are between Fitzgerald, Kurt, and uh, David Johnson. You know, if 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 he's in the game, so I, I think you just have to look at his passing attack. You know, I, I think that's where we have to start. And like I said, Fitzgerald, Kurt, David Johnson, those are the guys. I mean, they've got. Pretty much all, most of the target share. I know Demir Bird's going to get a few. Sherfield's going to get a few. Uh, but I think if you stick with with those three guys, you're really going to maximize uh, the potential with your upside. Especially if you're looking to pair someone with Murray. And in this situation, pairing Murray and a running back, I, I don't think they're negatively correlated just with how much they throw the ball. So you know, I, I don't mind playing Johnson and Murray and just leaving it at that. Uh, in the event that it's really spread out with the wide receiver, that David Johnson runs in for one, catches one. Um, so those would be my favorite two plays. Yeah, you got to make sure David Johnson's playing. He didn't practice oh, yeah. Wednesday. There's a good chance he sits. They signed two running backs on um, either Tuesday or Wednesday. So. Yeah, Alfred Morris was one of them, yeah. Morris and Zenner. So um, I think Chase Edmonds is in play here. I don't think it's an amazing spot, but Chase Edmonds has a ton of bursts, like watching him play last week. Um, tilting watching him play, you know, you were, you were really excited about what you were seeing. So, um, yeah, they're really spreading out the, the targets as far as wide receivers go. You know, you want it to be Fitz. Like, he's the guy that you, you want to play, and he's 5,400. But I need, I need Kirk to play to get Fitz because I feel like he opens up Fitz. So, um, but I like Kyler Murray. I like Edmonds if he plays. Um, and then on the New Orleans side – Drew Brees back to practice limited here on Wednesday. He's a potential play this week. They want to see how the week goes and how the week progresses. If Brees plays, I don't think I'll play him here just because, like, it's a thumb injury. It's on his throwing hand. I'm super concerned about that. It's not a bad matchup. Arizona's allowing the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks and they're 26 in DVOA, but, like, I would have more interest in Bridgewater playing than Drew Brees. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, I, and I'm actually from, from, and this is from a fan perspective. I'm actually hoping that they just hold Drew Brees out until he's 100. percent I don't think they have a reason to roll him out there against Arizona. If, if this was Green Bay, or you know, or, or the Panthers, or something like, I think I'd feel a little bit better about from a fan perspective about them trying to solidify their season and keep winning but against Arizona I, I don't I don't think Teddy's going to have a problem so I, I'm actually I'm hoping that that Teddy plays not so I can play him but just so we can get the best version of Drew Brees when he comes back 
Uh, now that I've got that out of the way, uh, you got to think that Michael Thomas is the number one. I, I feel like he's the number one wide receiver on the slate this week. Uh, on the season, I mean, he's got a 33.6% target share. Mind you, Alvin Kamara's was been out a week. So, I, you know, obviously I know he, he, he was definitely going to get more targets. Uh, but even still, I mean, last week he was at uh, – wait a minute, wait a minute. Last week he was at 30%. Uh, in week five, he was at 38, and Kamara played in that game. So I, I'm really not not worried about it. Um, I, I just think he's the best wide receiver on the slate. I think he's a guy you need to jam in. I, I don't mind a cheap Ted Ginn touchdown. Uh, obviously, if Kamara's out, Tavis Murray's going to be in play. But I just want to bang this drum, probably like everybody else is going to be doing in the industry. Michael Thomas, number one wide receiver on the slate for me this week. Get him in your lineups. I don't care if Peterson's back. Yeah, um, love this spot. Like, you know, Michael Thomas, the target share, you talked about it, 33.6% on the season, just absolutely crushing each and every week. Um, no reason not to look at him. Latavius Murray is one of the things that I missed on last week. Um, I had zero interest in him going up against Chicago, and I was super wrong. So never afraid to admit when I was wrong and, like, didn't play him a ton. Would definitely play him in this spot. Um, even though Arizona's been pretty solid against the run this season, Latavius Murray – we already saw last week 27 carries plus five catches. Like his workload is just going to be really high if Kamara is out. So like Thomas, like Murray, if Bridgewater plays, I don't mind him. Um, don't really have any interest in Jared Cook if he does play or Josh Hill if he doesn't play. Um, I know Arizona, tight end, blah, blah, blah. Everybody wants to talk about it. You can maybe fire a shot at Josh Hill if Cook doesn't play, but – Honestly, probably just a spot that I'm just going to stay away from here. Um, yeah. And I, w- I will say, like, Ted Ginn has a little, like, upside here because Patrick Peterson's probably going to shadow Michael Thomas. Um, I guess he doesn't typically shadow, but, like, Michael Thomas is still going to see Patrick Peterson a good portion of this game. So, like, that opens up Ted Ginn for a potential. So, don't mind Ted Ginn here. Um, moving on, Will, we got the Bucks and the Titans, 45 and a half total here. Tennessee favored by two and a half. Um, I will say, and anybody that watched the, the show that I was on with Grant on Wednesday for football, this is one of my favorite games on the slate, and it makes me um, it makes me weary in my stomach that I like this game <laughs> so much. But just, it's just one of those games, man. You just, you just like it. Um, what do you like here for Tampa? Well, I mean, Chris Godwin, man, he's just rolling, isn't he? I mean, and, and it's not like we didn't anticipate it. So we did anticipate that Chris Godwin was going to see a massive uptick in production this season. Uh, so, like I said, I, I don't think it caught us off guard. But, I mean, you know, he's got a 25.5% target share. Guess what? Mike Evans has a 25.9. They're pretty much neck and neck. So these are your two guys that you want to target in this passing game, and I think that's where you need to go um, because Tennessee, I think they're still going to play ball control. Um, I still think they're going to hold the ball. And if Tampa, you know, if, if bad Jameis shows up and throws three interceptions in the first quarter – and they, they, they fall behind, you know, he's going to have to become good Jameis on the back end, which means more targets for Goodwin, more targets for Evans. Uh, and so that that's 
kind of where I'm at. I'm not touching the running game. Uh, I will probably play a little bit of Jameis, even though I'm suspecting that he's going to have a couple turnovers. Uh, but just the massive games that Godwin and Evans can put up with Jameis, uh, I think that's going to be hard to pass up. So I'm with you. I really like this game. I, I do like this side of the ball as well. Uh, and I think this is a spot – from a, from a game theory perspective, I think you can play Godwin and Evans together with Jameis this week and, and not even think twice about it. Yeah, you know, before the bye, Godwin, 12 targets, Evans, 17, same game. 29 targets between two players in one game. Ooh. So, um, obviously, there's upside here. But so what I like about this game, Will, is I like Ryan Tannehill. Um, I know, I I know like- you do. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like the idea of running it back with Evans and Godwin. So Tampa's a funnel defense. They're number one in DVOA against the run. They're allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. They're allowing the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and they're 25th in DVOA against the pass. They're saying throw against us. You're not running the ball against us. And everybody thinks Tannehill's crap. I said this last week when we did, did the show. You did and- your victory lap. I'm not taking a victory lap yet, but I will say <laughs> he moved the ball. Corey Davis, A.J. Brown got, you know, they got targets. But the most interesting thing to me was A.J. Brown ran 16 routes and had eight targets. He was targeted on 50% of the routes that he ran. So I like the idea of not playing Derrick Henry here, getting some Tannehill. He's cheap, playing him with a Corey Davis or A.J. Brown and running it back with a Godwin or an Evans to make a nice little three- or four-man stack here. Am I crazy, Will? No, I I don't think you're crazy, man. I think think that's the intrigue of this potential spot here. I mean, you've got Tannehill in a spot where he could potentially hit the 300-yard mark and, and throw for two or three touchdowns. Um, I feel like Tannehill is just like Gardner Minshew to me last week. I, I feel like he's going to be able to move the ball and 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 to to, to add not insult to injury, but but to make things better. You've got Corey Davis and AJ Brown who are going to be the top two targets uh, in this offense, and I I think this is a phenomenal spot. And these guys are affordable across all sites, across all sites. A.J. Brown uh, on DraftKings is 4,100. Corey Davis is 4,400, okay? Yep. If, if, I mean, if you go to FanDuel, A.J. Brown 55, Corey Davis 55. These guys are crazy affordable. Ryan Tannehill is affordable. I mean, you can really, especially, you know, with a guy like me this week where I want to play an expensive guy like Michael Thomas, I think this is a, a, a stat that just helps keep things rolling I'm with you, man. I like Tannehill this week. I like Corey Davis. I like A.J. Brown. Yeah, I like – so narrowing down my my quarterback player pool is going to be my biggest issue this week. But Tannehill, like, everybody was talking about how terrible Tannehill was. And he just – 312 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, 120 quarterback rating, 23 fantasy points. Like, give me 23. I'll take it every week. Yeah, give me 23 um, fantasy points at 5,100 against the funnel Tampa defense here. Like, um, so uh, Delaney Walker's banged up. If Walker doesn't play, I think you could potentially play um, Smith. He's really, really cheap. Um, but Walker would have to sit for me to have interest in Smith. Um, let's move on, Will. Another one here, the Giants and the Lions. Another game that sets up really well here. We got a 49 total. Detroit's favored by seven in this game. 
the Giants. So I went back and I watched a, a good portion of this game because we really just haven't had a lot of exposure with Daniel Jones and, and Barkley in the backfield. And I hope that if I can see it as a fantasy football analysis – that Daniel Jones, when he's in the film room this week, is like, wow, Saquon Barkley was open underneath a lot, and I did not throw him the ball. Um, that was one of my biggest takeaways from just week seven in general. Yeah, man, I, I didn't get it. I didn't watch any all 22s on this game. So uh, that's good stuff, man. Uh, that, that's good stuff. And I mean, listen, this guy, everybody says he can process information really well. So if that's the case, I'm 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 going to side with the fact that he's going to see this in the film room and he's going to make a conscious effort to make those throws this week. Um, so you know, if Barkley gets five to eight targets, which he should be getting five to eight targets every game, um, you know, obviously I think I think he could he could have a great week. I'm I'm not as interested in the Giants this week. I know it's Golden Tate Revenge Week. I'm not as interested in the Giants as much. I do think Evan Ingram is a guy you need to hop back on this week overall just because last week was the week and it just didn't materialize like everybody. And ironically, Steve, I did go fade on Ingram. It worked out beautifully, which is probably why I was able to make a little bit of money. But Evan Ingram, I think for me, would be my number one target from the Giants because he had such a disappointing week last week. Uh, you know the targets are still going to be there, and and uh, I, I don't think he's going to have a repeat bad performance. So uh, just from a, a game theory, logical standpoint, he, he's kind of my favorite. Obviously, Saquon's you know, one of the best players in the league, but just from a, a, a game theory perspective, I don't think Ingram's going to get nearly the ownership he did last week, and he's still the same guy with the same amount of target share. Yeah, we'll have to see, like, if Shepard plays or not. But, like, you look at Golden Tate um, in the two weeks that Shepard hasn't played, 31% target share in both of those games. Like, if we get news that Shepard's not going to play, I-, I think you go right back to the well on Golden Tate, to be honest. He's 5,800. The price tag's phenomenal. Um, and, and, like, just to go back to Barkley really quick before we move on to the other side of this game, the Detroit Lions are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to running backs. So, like, Barkley has a tremendous amount of upside where Christian McCaffrey has a really tough matchup going up against San Francisco this weekend. So, Oh, we'll talk about that real soon. We will. We will. <laughs> um, going to the other side, Detroit here, like, the Giants, they've really struggled against the pass. They're 27th in DVOA. And a lot of teams just, like, they've had some easier matchups. So, like, we really haven't seen a lot of teams take advantage of this pass defense yet. But you can bet you with, you know, on Johnson out, Ty Johnson now the workhorse running back type play that Kenny Galladay, Matthew Stafford are going to be hooking up here in this game. And, you know, Marvin Jones, however you want to approach it. Yeah, man, look, I, it, it's a Galladay week for me as well. Um, you know, you, you're going to catch that theme. Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, th- those are my top two receivers on the week. Kenny Galladay just – I mean, look, it, it was Marvin Jones' day last Sunday, man. It was just – I mean, you know, you catch four touchdowns, it, it's, it's just your day. And, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, Kenny Galladay didn't care. You know, his teammate had a, just a phenomenal – Showing it he was burning that dude. Like, he was yeah. so open. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, every play, man, it, it was crazy. I mean, back shoulders, 
they, they almost weren't even back shoulders. They were almost more like back stomach passes. Because every time he turned around, he was open. The ball was there. But, I mean, Joe's just had a phenomenal day. But Kenny Galladay, you know, he's he, he still the guy. Um, I, I think this is a week where his targets will, will definitely be back up into that 8 to 10 range. Um, and, and, look, I, I said this last week as well. The Lions are pushing the ball down the field. They're not pity-patting around with five- and six-yard passes, dinking and dunking. I mean, they're pushing the ball. And if, if Stafford's going to do this, um, you know, I caught a stat last week. I mean, he's, the, you know, one of the youngest quarterbacks, the fastest quarterback to hit 40,000 passing yards. It's not going to stop this week against the Giants. So, uh, in terms of, you know, like last week I said I wasn't going to get off of uh, off of Allen and Brown, and this week I'm not getting off of Stafford and Galladay. This is my, my number one ranked pairing for the week, um, and I'll sprinkle it everybody else that I like around these two. My, my top plays of the week, Stafford, Galladay. Love these guys. Yeah, don't even think about, like, don't forget about Ty Johnson um, with carry on out. Ty Johnson's a guy that they use kind of like as like a theoretic type of role. He's a pass-catching back, but he's going to be a guy that, He's just going to be out there. He's cheap. Um, so, I like Ty Johnson as well. The Giants, much worse against the pass. But, you know, pass catching backs like a Ty Johnson could be interesting. I'm not too worried about, like, McKisnick taking a bunch of work from him. But I do think it'll end yeah. up being, like, a, a 65-35 type share. But um, I, I think Ty Johnson is going to be the next man up here. So, uh, moving on, we got the Bengals and the Rams. 48 and a half total here. Rams favored by 13 in this one. Um, what do you like here for Cincinnati? Oh, boy. I mean, I, I'm not playing anybody from, from Cincinnati this week. Uh, I Listen, I, I, I still think Tyler Boyd is going to get the targets. I still think Auden Tate's going to get the targets. I don't know what happened with Alex Erickson. He had every single receiving yard in the first half. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what what happened there. But um, I, I, I think I'm going full fade on Cincinnati this week, man. I, I, do I think they'll score a few points? Yes, but I'm not willing to take on that risk with this team this week. I, I just think there are better places I can go. I'm not playing a single bingo this week. Single bingo. That rhymes. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly. That's how I wanted to approach the week. But the more I think about it, like, they actually shadowed with Jalen Ramsey last week. And if they're going to do that, like, I don't mind maybe taking some shots on Tate and Eckerson here. Like, you know, it, this game's in London. I guess we should have started with that. This game's yeah, in London. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's already a weird game. I feel like these games are always weird. And, like, I hate when these games are on the slate. I don't like these games. I hate these London games. But, like, Tate still had six targets, and he's had at least six targets now in five straight games. So, he's still only 4,200. So, I don't mind taking a shot on Tate here. Like, if they are going to shadow Boyd, like, then we got to have a little interest in these other two guys that could just eat a ton of targets here. So, I'm, I, I, I started the week as I don't want to play anybody from this game on the Cincinnati side. But the more I think about it, the more I'll probably throw some flyers out there with Tate and Eckerson. Um, the Rams side, like, if you want to play Todd Gurley, here's your week. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a week where Malcolm Brown didn't practice again today, I don't think. Um, maybe out again. 
I suspect that the Rams will be on the goal line or, or close to the goal line several times in this game. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is a great spot for them. I saw what uh, Fournette was able to do. Yeah, I just I think this is a good spot for Gurley. He, he's on my radar at seventy four hundred. I mean, he's not going to ever be. I don't think as much as he was unless he starts cranking out twenty five to thirty point games every week. And I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, if you were ever going to play him, this is a spot you know where I think he could fall into the end zone for two touchdowns, catch five passes for forty yards, you know, rush for sixty yards. And you look at the end of the day, and you know he's right where you need him to be. So. Uh, I like this offense as a whole. I didn't play play golf last week, uh, but this is the week I'm I'm definitely interested. The, the Bengals are a team I'm going to target all year, and so you know uh, Everett, he's on my list, 4300, one of my favorite tight ends this week, uh, and then Brandon Cooks, man, is just too cheap. I I, I know it's in England, but he's 5700. I just I, I'm going to have to give him um, the Julio treatment. I'm going to have to give him uh, the Nuke Hopkins treatment. The big game is coming. He's 5,700. No better time to hop on than right now when his price is deflated. Yeah, even Woods at 6,300. Like my note for the Rams is play everybody. Like there you go. <laughs> it's just like I don't hate. I, I I wouldn't try to talk you off of anybody. Everett might be my cash game tight end this week. Like. Um, like his target shares just really increased, um, 22%, 21%, 26% over the last three weeks. Like mm-hmm. he had more targets than Woods, Cooks, and Cup last week. Like 10, uh, yep. 10 targets, so, man. So, yeah. And like, I haven't looked, but if there's a showdown slate for this game, Henderson is an awesome showdown slate play. Like he's a guy that could be a difference maker on showdowns because, he still had 11 carries last week with Gurley getting 18. And, like, this is a game they could, should and could control the whole game. And, like, they just give Henderson more work here instead of, like, running old man slow Gurley out there. So, um, I man, love the Rams, too. What year is this? Old man slow Gurley. Never thought we'd hear that in 2019. No, he looks slow, man. He just – you see him <laughs> hitting these gaps, and he just looks slow. But it's the week to play him. Cincinnati's allowing the most fantasy points per game to running backs. So, it's a really good spot for them. Yeah. Um, the Eagles and the Bills, 43-and-a-half total. Um, Bills favored by a two-and-a-half in this game. Yes, it is 2019, and the Buffalo Bills are favored over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Buffalo defense has been absolutely legit this year. Oh, and a, a lot of that has to do with Tredavious White. Like, he has just been a guy you do not want to throw the ball against. Um and he's not really shadowing. He's playing over on that side of the field and just kind of doing his thing. What are we doing here when we're looking at Philadelphia in this game? Man, this is another one, Stevie, where I really want to just not play anyone. And I think that's, I think that's the direction I'm going to go. If Philly, if Miles Sanders burns me, he burns me. If, if Alshon burns me, he burns me. If Ertz burns me, he burns me. I I just don't think I'm going to play anyone from this game. Um, I I just don't think I can do it, man. It, it, I don't I don't think it's the optimal play, and for and for that reason, everybody in this office is a scratch off. 
I will probably roll out some Josh Allen, John Brown stacks just because of how bad Philly's been secondary wise. So if oh, no, I just just the Philly side, I, I like I like no. a few guys from the Bills. No, no, I'm just saying. So if I do like Allen Brown stacks, I'll probably run back with a Jeffrey or an Ertz, um, thinking that they're going to be trailing uh, again. Like, when's the last time we seen Alshon Jeffrey fifty two hundred on a main slate? Like, so price point alone i have interest in alshon jeffrey like a touchdown and like he's he's there almost so um and and, like Ertz is 5100 and like i i like some tight ends this week but it's not like i love anybody um so um i I, I think i actually know what's going on with this offense though steven there's no secret until deshaun jackson comes back they don't have anybody to loosen up the coverage and that's really what i what i think the problem is and i mean if if d jacks was playing I, I think I'd have a lot more interest in this game or, or a few of these players, but with him, I think he's going to be out another week. It's just tough, man. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to miss another week. It's yeah. um, like he, he was running at practice today, so who knows? Um, the Buffalo side, I already kind of said it. Like yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles are allowing the most fantasy points to opposing run or quarterbacks or wide receivers. Sorry. John Brown's in an amazing spot here. Like he's Again. a guy that, like, He's a cash game play for me this week. Yeah, man, I love John Brown. I, I've been on John Brown pretty much, um, you know, all year. I mean, the guy, the, the targets are there. You look at, you look at what's happening. Yeah, man, I know in week five he had five. I think that might have been the week they played the Patriots. I think that was the week they played. But I mean, week four, eleven, week seven, six targets. I mean, and, and he's been efficient. You see what he's doing. I mean, last week I think he had. Five catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. If he does that again this week, I'm perfectly fine, except that at his price point, um, you know, his price point hasn't really elevated. He's 5,900 on DK. Uh, I think it's pretty much the same thing on FanDuel. Yes, pretty much the same price across the board. And I still think that's fair for him. I will will say this, though. You know, Cole Beasley is getting, getting a few targets. Not, not the same type of value targets that John Brown is going to get, but he is getting the volume. And last week we were able to see that he kind of fell into the end zone. If that happens again, I still think, you know, he, he's got a little value there. But he's not my favorite play. But I, I take Brown over him, you know, for me probably nine times out of ten. Yeah, I like Beasley as well. I think he's definitely in play here. Um, yeah, outside of that, nothing else I really like. Um, I like Josh Allen, I guess. Like, I, I know I said it, but I'll say it one more time. I like Josh Allen. Again, I'm going to struggle this week just getting my quarterbacks narrowed down. Um, Jets and Jags, 41.5 total here. Jags favored by a six in this game. The whole world is down on the Jets right now, and I'm not necessarily saying that I want to play the Jets in this game, but everybody just watched the Jets get punched in the face on Monday Night Football by the Patriots, and, like, I feel like they're going to be low-owned. Outside of Le'Veon Bell, this team's going to be very low-owned this week. And I always like that type of stuff for tournaments, but it's just so hard to click on these guys' names after you watch that game and watch how bad Sam Darnold played. Yeah, Darnold played pretty rough. I mean, man, listen – I'm going to tell you right now, I, th- I think the place to be was a Discord chat on, on Thursday night with, with those Darnold uh, memes. It, good job, guys. Just, I mean, outstanding job. I will say this. I feel like it's Robbie Anderson week this week. 4,900 coming off pretty much the worst game ever 
Monday night uh, with Sam Darnold. Um, I, I think Robbie Anderson is one of those guys you just kind of keep in your player pool every week. You know, it, you know, on a week like this week, I mean, you could put him in at five to eight percent, and if he blasts off a sixty-yard touchdown and catches a few more passes, I mean, you're going to be sitting pretty. So, uh, I I like Robbie Anderson this week. I feel like they need to get Lev Bell a little bit more involved in the passing game. I'm not their coach, um, but but I, I'm with you here. I, I'm not ready to completely write off the Jets. Uh, because I, I we saw what Alex Erickson was able to do to the Jaguars in one half. So, obviously, they can move the ball some. Um, and I, I like Robbie Anderson this week. He, he's kind of a sleeper for me. Yeah, I like Anderson. I like Bell. I think Jadison Crowder has the worst matchup out of all these guys. Um, and Demarius Thomas is too cheap. Good guy. Yeah, so um, it'd be really interesting. Like, don't sleep on the Jets, but it's really it, – like – you know going in that, like, Sam Darnold could play really bad. But um, right back to the well on Leonard Fournette, right? Like, no reason not to keep playing, like, this dude that has just been an absolute, like, workhorse back. And I know he's kind of expensive, but, like, everything seems like it's a good spot. You know, the Jets on paper are really solid against the run. They're sixth in DVOA. They're allowing the fourth most fantasy points to running back, so – at what point do we just say maybe they are not good against the run? Yeah, I, I I like Leonard Fournette this week. I don't love Leonard Fournette this week, which means I probably need to be playing more Leonard Fournette um, because this is the week we may get him at a little bit lower ownership. Last week, I mean, man, if, if you were playing in cash, I mean, he was in like 60%, 70%, and he should have been. So and that, that was the right play. Uh, but but I like Fournette here. I think the thing that's elevated Fournette is, is the fact that, you know, he's getting targets. Now, he didn't get a whole bunch last week, but, I mean, four to five targets a game. I, I, I like what I'm seeing there. D.D. Westbrook, yet again, Stevie, uh, I don't know what's going on over there at D.K. He's 4,500 this week. Uh, not sure what's happening there, but he's going to be – in my player pool again, uh, no reason to, to get off Westbrook at 4,500. I know he's got the questionable tag. He's pretty much been questionable every week, seemingly, but he plays on Sunday. Had a great game last week like we anticipated. Uh, got, got to 20 fantasy points. I take that every week at 4,500. D.D. Westbrook, I'm, I'm back on the train this week yet again. I'm going to get my touchdown from him before I stop playing him. So, um, 28 targets over the last three games with Minshew there. So, yeah, um, Keelan Cole. I mean, didn't Keelan Cole just make you angry? Vulture in a touchdown. Come on, <laughs> Minshew. You can't throw that guy. Just kidding. Uh, you know, Minshew would tell you I'm going to throw it to whoever's open, and that's, yeah, nah, that's that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I feel like your cash game quarterback this week, Seattle Seahawks at Atlanta Falcons, 53.5 total. Seattle's favored by 5.5 in this game. If you're not playing Jared Goff in cash, you're probably playing Russell Wilson in cash and just making everything else work because Atlanta has been absolutely terrible against the pass this season. Yeah, listen, man, you know, in-division rival for me, Atlanta Falcons, just pour one out for them. Their season's done. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are coming to town. Stevie, you know, let's just take a page out of your book. You wrote down on the Rams, play everybody. 
And I don't feel like I'm going to play everybody, but but I certainly feel like Russell Westbrook, Chris Carson, Lockett, Metcalf. I'm not saying play four, but I think you can get away with three players from, from this side of the ball here. I, th- I think Chris Carson, he's probably going to be the highest on running back on the slate or close to it. Um, and I, I, I think I'm just going to have to ride the wave with, with that. You got to think he punches the ball in here. You got to think he gets – if, if he doesn't get over the 100-yard mark, you got to think he gets really close. And maybe he catches two or three balls. But, but man, Wilson, Carson, Lockett, Metcalf, I think those are your guys this week. You make it work. Yeah, like, don't forget about Hollister. Like, out of nowhere, this dude active comes out and gets six targets. Like, Luke yeah. Wilson was just used to block. Like, Hollister played um, 56% of the snaps and ran 20 routes and had six targets. So, as much as as much as Russell Wilson used uh, Disley this year, like Hollister's 2,900, and he's a way to get cheap exposure to this game. I'm not saying he's safe by any means. I'm just saying, like, you know, if you want to take a shot on a cheaper guy, like Hollister's that guy. So, I love DK yeah, Metcalf. Sure. I've been playing DK Metcalf all year. He had nine targets last week. He's such a big red zone threat. Um, I, I'm just going to keep playing him, Tyler Lockett. Um, the only guy that I – like, I like Chris Carson here, but I don't love him. So, I probably, like you said with Fournette, I should be playing more Carson here. But the biggest question mark is what do we do with Atlanta? Like, they – man, Matt Ryan obviously is going to be – you know, the biggest question mark, if, if Matt Ryan doesn't play, like, Matt Schwab's 4,700, and he's going to be trailing the whole game. Like, he's somewhat interesting because of that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I almost want to hold my take on Atlanta because I don't know. Um, the way their season is going, I, I, I don't see how they're going to revive their season. I mean, we're in week eight. They're one six, one seven, one six, or one seven. I can't remember which one, but either way, they've only won a game. It's it, it's only getting worse from here, especially when they start hitting the division. Um, the only team they may beat is Tampa Bay, and I don't think they're going to beat them either. I don't think there's a reason to rush Matt Ryan back. As a result, um, if I was going to play anybody, Austin Hooper, I feel like would almost be the, the safest play. Uh, you know, for, for 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 this team, especially if Shab's there, Julio's Julio. I mean, I I think you know, obviously, I think Julio's one of the best receivers in the league. But I think the rapport with Matt Ryan is second to none. And you're you're not going to convince me that Matt Shab is going to go out there and light up the world with Julio the same way Matt Ryan is. I just I can't get on board with that. So Austin Hooper, I think, will be my number one target, and. Uh, Maybe a little bit of Devontae Freeman because of the price, but other than that, uh, I don't. I don't really want to play too many guys. You know, I'm a Julio guy. I play Julio almost every week, but this week, if Matt Ryan's not playing, I'm just. I'm just going to take the fade because I'm going all in on Michael Thomas anyway. It's one of those weeks where I, is it weird that I, I like Julio if Matt Ryan doesn't play? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, hey, I got you, man. I, I got you. Uh, all joking aside. Um, Calvin Ridley is interesting too. Like Sanu's gone, like target share for Ridley and Jones should both be solid. So 
Listen, if I, I want Matt Ryan to play because I, I want this game to be a stackable game, but yeah, like Austin Hooper is a, is really interesting if Schwab plays. Just watching that that last drive last week, he just locked into Hooper and they marched down the field. So um, I, I feel like a lot of people will be excited about this game, and it, it's a game you want to play. It's indoors. It has a massive total, um, and I really don't have any bad things to say about it. So yeah. Chargers and Bears, 41 total. Chicago favored by four in this game. Is there anything here on the L.A. Chargers that you like? Well, Melvin Gordon's 5,400. And I know that the DFS community hates Melvin Gordon. And do I think they should have played a little bit more Austin Eckler in real life last week? Yes, I do. Um, man, the Jet. I mean, the, the, uh, the Chargers just wet the bed yet again. But Melvin Gordon – is too cheap. He's 5,400, 16 carries last week, three targets. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I think Austin Decker should have played more last week. They're committed to Gordon. I need to be committed to Gordon. I think he's a favorite player of mine this week. I know it's against the Bears, but I, I, I just think the price is too cheap here. Um, and, and this game could end up being low scoring because I, I'm not sure how, how – I think Trubisky still may be a little hurt, but uh, Melvin Gordon at, at 5,400, I just think it's too cheap here. And, and so he's my, my favorite play uh, in terms of the whole game. Mike Williams is 4K. He's like my second favorite play. It, it, this makes no sense. I don't think he should be this cheap. These are two guys I think in terms of value are, are right there with the best of yeah, it's just, man, like, you think the Bears have one of the best defenses, and then you watch, like, Latavius Murray and, and Teddy Bridgewater just eat them up last week. And, like, you know, using gridiron IQ here, like, over the last four games, the last four weeks, the Chicago Bears are allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So, like, Melvin Gordon at this price, even playing Austin Eckler as a flyer, like, I don't hate either one of these guys. Keenan Allen finally, you know, got some targets again last week. I, I feel like Mike Williams is still the red zone guy. So, like, a lot of different ways you can approach this. And, you know, don't forget about Hunter Henry. Like, Hunter Henry, no. again, eight targets again last week. So, you know, the two games that he's played since coming back, he's had a 21% target share. So, um, I like Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry could potentially hurt Williams or Allen. So, don't hate getting some exposure to the Chargers here in a uh, – Tough matchup in air quotations if you're not watching this on YouTube. So. <laughs> um, Chicago Bears side of things, man, they look terrible. But, you know, this is a spot where they're home favorites. And I kind of like Allen Robinson here. I feel like he's going to get a ton of targets. And he's just one of those plays that you can kind of count on right now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, man, any receiver that's got uh, the possibility and capability – of receiving 16 targets, you need to be looking at them. Uh, doesn't matter who it is. 16 targets is a is a that that's a massive way to just really raise a floor and ceiling. And so I I, I think he's squarely in play here. Uh, he, he's another guy on my list this week. Um, Anthony Miller had nine, but you know he, he's only at 11 percent of the season. This guy, Allen Robinson, 26.9% target share. Uh, you know, just, you know, about 6% above Tariq Cohen, who's at 19%. Those are your two guys if you want to get exposed to the passing game. Uh, really like Robinson here. 
Uh, other than that, I don't think I'm going to do too much. I do think Tariq Cohen is a guy you could possibly take a flyer on at 4,700, but I don't think it's necessary. I, I still think the Mike Williams value is better. I think the Melvin Gordon value is better. But Allen Robinson at 6K, Garner, you know, 25% market share. Uh, you got to think he's going to have another good week. Denver at Indianapolis taking on the Colts 44 total here Indy's favored by six in this game um let's start with the Denver side of things what do we like here for the Broncos I mean you got to look at Corbin Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton I mean with with our good friend Mr. Emmanuel Sanders out there in San Francisco now a little bit of warmer weather uh, should be good for those old joints. You got to think Cortland Sutton and, and Deshaun Hamilton are going to be your guys. Deshaun Hamilton, especially at 3,300, uh, a little bit too cheap. Uh, you know, old man Flacco is, I don't know, he looks, but you know, befuddled out there. But, you know, in, in this spot, inside on the turf, they're probably going to have to move the ball a little bit. Uh, you know, he, I think these are two guys you have to look at. A lot of the targets are going to go to them. Philip Lindsay, 5,600, don't hate that. Definitely not playing Flacco. Uh, but Lindsay, Sutton, Hamilton, all in play. I know Freeman will, will get some, some carries as well, but I still think Lindsay is the better back between the two. Yeah, and the only thing is, like, well, when we're looking at, like, the last three weeks, you know, like, we're seeing Freeman end up playing more snaps than Lindsay. So, like yeah. – I like Lindsey, but I also don't hate potentially taking a shot on Freeman. I think you're going to need the touchdown out of whichever of these guys, but Freeman's going to be the guy that's going to get the more work out of the backfield. So if you feel like passing-wise, if you feel like the Colts are going to be up in this game like Vegas does, like don't be afraid to take some shots on Royce Freeman this week. Um, but, yeah, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton – Stone hands Noah Font. Um, I, I think that Sutton Sutton is certainly somebody we're looking at here at fifty three hundred. And then yeah. going to the Colts side of things, like you know, you get Denver outside of Denver and like into you know on the road here. And like I have a little interest in Marlon Mack. Um, workload wise, he's a guy that you know should get twenty plus touches, but. Like, should we be considering Zach Pascal, or is that a one-week thing? Like, it's so tough to figure out these wide receivers outside of T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going with one-week wonder, who I think we should start considering is Jacoby Brissett. I mean, Jacoby's just doing his thing, man. I mean, if you look at, you know, what, what he's done – for his price, I, I think it's fair. I mean, he's 5,600. No, Denver is not the easiest defense. But the last three out of four weeks, he's 23.8, 23.5, had an 11.94 sandwich sandwiched in there at Kansas City. That was a tough game on the road, um, no matter how you slice it. And then put up 31 against Houston the week before that at Tennessee, 18. I think Jacoby's somebody we need to be considering. If we're considering Jacoby – you know, you got to pair him with our top guy here, T.Y. I mean, you know, this gridiron IQ is just, man, such such a great asset to the to the, to the Roto-Grinders tools. 27.2% target share. Uh, I think Jacoby and T.Y. is a really low-owned stack this week uh, that, that, that I think it, it could pay off huge, huge dividends. Uh, if, if, if Jacoby puts up another 23 to, to 30 fantasy point week, could, could be huge for us. So I really like these two guys. 
Um, all right, moving on here. We got the Carolina Panthers at the San Francisco 49ers. 42 total here. San Francisco favored by five and a half. Will, I know you're a huge Carolina Panthers fan. Huge. Um, I think San Francisco has the best defense in the league. I've been saying this for weeks now. Weeks. Um, welcome everybody else that has started to talk about it, but I have been on this bandwagon for a while now. Um, I don't know if I'm willing to fade Christian McCaffrey against any team, any team. This is a dude that is averaging 21.2 rushing attempts per game, and he has 22% of the target share, which is the second highest on the team. So I'm not saying that I will fade Christian McCaffrey here, but there is a really good chance that I play somebody else in cash games this week. No, no, I, I, I totally get that. Here, here's what I will say. I, I don't let ownership sway me, excuse me, on every single decision that I make. In certain situations where I feel like there are equally equitable players, that's to me, that's where I, I like to leverage my ownership. Do I think Christian McCaffrey has the best, you know, optimal road to a huge game this week? No, I do not. I definitely think that that's your Leonard Fournette or your Barkley. In my opinion, it's Chris Carson. That's debatable, though. But, you know, those guys on paper have much better matchups. However, with what – with the way the Panthers use Christian McCaffrey – if his ownership takes a massive dip this week, it's a spot where I'd be willing to go all in. And that's just that's, that's just the way I'm going to approach it. So, no, this is not a great spot for Christian McCaffrey, but I'm not willing – I'm not willing to fade him in tournaments. In cash games, I definitely don't think you need him. I think these other guys are better. In tournaments, I'm willing to go all in on Christian McCaffrey in the worst matchup in the world on paper – hoping that the general public decides that they're just not going to take the chance. That's, that's my stance on Christian McCaffrey's week. Yeah, see, the problem is, though, I don't think the, the general public will fade Christian McCaffrey. I think he'll still be one of the highest-owned running backs on the slate. So if I'm wrong, um, I don't typically look at projected ownership until Friday or Saturday. I feel like so much changes throughout the week. Injury-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if I'm wrong, then if Christian McCaffrey is going to be low-owned, I'll load up on Christian McCaffrey. I'm assuming that we're going to see Christian McCaffrey 30-plus percent owned. So, I just wanted to go ahead and make that clear. So, nobody has the workload of him. But if we go back to the conversation we had 20, 30 minutes ago about Tampa and how they're a funnel defense and how good they've been against the run this year, Christian McCaffrey – That was a London game, only put out 21.7 fantasy points, and he still touched the ball 26 times in that game. So I'm just saying there's roads to this dude getting 30 touches and not getting the 30 fantasy points, and he's $9,200. So, Yeah, and Tampa Bay is a team he struggled with. I mean, in week two, he was terrible from a fantasy perspective. So I I totally get it. So what we're saying is don't play Derrick Henry this week against Tampa Bay. So – (laughs) Um, Like right now we have Christian McCaffrey projected for 23% ownership. So that's – Yeah. Yeah. That's close. Um, 
Oh, there's another side of this game. It's the 49ers. Um, my biggest issue with the 49ers this year, fantasy-wise, is they want to run the ball and they want to play defense. And the problem with them wanting to run the ball is they have three guys. But we look back to the two weeks here with Telvin Coleman healthy, and he's getting the workload. Yes. I'm pulling out the game last week. Again, that game was sloppy. It was nasty. If they're not throwing the ball to George Kettle, who is always a top-end option, I, I think you can play Tevin Coleman on a FanDuel or Yahoo where touchdowns mean more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I actually think this might be one of the better defensive games of the week on both sides. Um, you know, as a fan, if Carolina wants to win this game, I mean, they're going to have to play some, some really tough defense, really tough, hard-nosed football. It's not going to be easy. Uh, with that being said, I still don't mind Coleman. I mean, you know, the work share he's getting right now, like you said, eight, uh, 15 – I mean, he's only going up. 16 carries week five, 18 week six, 20 last week, week seven. Could have had a touchdown there late. I was hoping he did because I did have him paired with the San Francisco defense. That didn't materialize. No big deal. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I still think he's in play here uh, at, at 5K – on DK, obviously he's not as optimal on DK because you like for him to catch a few passes and so forth and so on. Uh, on FanDuel, um, he is – I think he's 6K on FanDuel. Wait a minute. Let me check that. want to make sure I've got the right thing. Don't want to lie. He's 6,200, so pretty much the same price as last week. I, I definitely think he's got some touchdown equity, which makes him squarely in play here. Uh, if you think that the 49ers defense is legit, I think we need to load them up with Coleman uh, against the Panthers this week and, and see if they can have some repeat success. The problem is we got another defense that's scoring, you know, as much as quarterbacks. Yeah, the only the only thing that I, I'll say here is I don't think Kyle Allen's turned the ball over since taking over for Cam Newton. So, like, yeah, there's some stack, sack upside here, but is he really going to turn the ball over? But I like the 49ers well, defense. Well, let me say this, Steve. I will say this. I've watched every game except the London game. I missed that game. Um, Allen hasn't thrown an interception, but he has lost, He has fumbled the ball. We, he just hasn't lost one yet. And, you know, if you're not watching, like, he, he's the, – the ball has come out on multiple occasions in multiple games. So, I just want to put that out there. I'm not saying he's going to throw an interception, but I definitely think a fumble loss is within the realm of possibility. <laughs> um, Oakland at Houston, 51.5 total here. Houston favored by 6.5 in this game. Um, one of the juiciest games on the slate. I just – I feel like a lot of people are just really hoping Tyrell Williams plays. Um, if he doesn't <laughs> – like, the gazelle is in such a good spot here. Like, if Tyrell Williams doesn't play, like – you know, you're probably playing, paying up for Waller because he's going to have a billion targets um, in this game because Houston's going to put it on Oakland in this game. Um, what are your thoughts here on Oakland? Uh, I, I think I think you've nailed the game script right on the head. Uh, I'm expecting Houston to score points. I'm expecting Oakland to have to keep up. The good thing about Oakland this year is this offense isn't completely incompetent. They're capable of moving the ball. In fact, last week, you know, if uh, if Mr. Carr doesn't fumble the ball out of the end zone, they score a few more points. So I, I I like the Oakland side here for, you know, basically, you know, I'm going to treat this game like how we used to treat Blake Bortles in, in Jacksonville. 
I don't care if Derek Carter can score any points in the first half. The second half, he's going to have to move the ball down the field if they want to score some points. That's going to mean more air yards and targets for everybody on that team. Uh, and so I, I really like the scenario here. I think it sets up well for these pass catchers uh, to, to, to really make a market. If Tyrell the Gazelle is in, look out. Uh, him, him and Mr. Waller could have a, have a big day here, even though they'll probably lose. Yeah, I like Waller a lot. Outside of that, there's nobody, like, pass catching wise that's even playing a ton of snaps. So, like, Trevor Davis is playing the most snaps. He ran the most routes. Um, if Williams doesn't play and you expect him to be trailing here, he's 3,500. So, you, like, maybe you take a shot. But honestly, when I'm looking at this, I'm playing Waller. Josh Jacobs. What a man last week, stepping it up after getting injury and playing through the, the pain. This is a tougher matchup here, but he's going to be a guy that gets a ton of work if he does play, so I don't hate him. But really the star of this game is Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, um, Kiki Kote, whoever else you want to play on the Houston side of things. Yeah, man, uh, they, they should put up a massive day. Like I've told everybody, my number one pairing is, is going to be Stafford and Galladay this week. But, I mean, you, you can't overlook Deshaun and Hopkins, Deshaun and Stills, Deshaun. You, you just can't overlook these guys, man. Uh, they should be able to put up the points. I don't even mind a little Carlos Hyde this week. Again, uh, I, I, Carlos Hyde is getting the touches, man. That's the one thing I will say. He might not be getting the target share. But he is getting the touches. Uh, I mean, last week, you know, only had 12 carries. Uh, not not worried about that. But, I mean, he's, you know, week five, 21 carries. Week six, 26 carries. I I think he's going to be fine, man. So, I, I really like Hyde in this spot. I think this is a, you know, this is the game he could score, score a touchdown or two and possibly go over 100 yards. If he does that for 4,700, you'll feel real good at the end of the day. So, he, he's a guy that I like. Yeah, so, like, think back to that game. The game script kind of scripted Carlos Hyde out of that game. This is not yeah. the same type of game script. Oh, yeah. Like, they, you know, they trailed a lot of that game against the Colts. You can think back to the last two games where he had 21 and 26. They controlled the game against Kansas City. They controlled the game against Atlanta. This is good game script for Carlos Hyde. But, you know, don't overreact to one game when you if you're not paying attention to the game flow and the game script of that game. So, um, you know, Watson had to throw a lot in the second half of that game to try to keep up and catch up to the Colts. So, um, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it here with, you know, Fuller expected to miss multiple weeks that Stills and Kote both become interesting options. But I think Carlos Hyde's really good. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is a top end wide receiver. Um, finally, finally got in the end zone, put up 28 points. We know all he has to yeah. do is score touchdowns because he's going to get plenty of targets. So there you go. Yep. Um, all right. We got, um, Cleveland Browns, New England Patriots, 45 and a half total. New England's favored by 13. Uh, is there anything here on Cleveland that you like? <laughs> Man, <laughs> until the Patriots let me down, I'm just not playing anyone against the Patriots right now. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. And, look, this is the week where Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham could be slate breakers because you're going to get them at massively low ownership. Like, I almost feel like if you're running 150 lineups, you just run three brown stacks just because. Like, 
But I, I, I don't – if I'm only running 20, 25 lineups, I'm not touching any Browns. You couldn't pay me to play Odell Beckham against Gilmore here. <laughs> <laughs> like, have fun with that. And even Jonathan Jones in the slot against Jarvis Landry. Like, if I'm playing anybody here, it's Nick Chubb just because he's so good that, like, he could break a long run in this game and, like, have a touchdown – and he's only 6,600. Like, he's priced uh, – like, he's pay- facing the Patriots. So, I don't hate him. If you want to throw a tight end flyer on Ricky Seals-Jones, I don't hate it just because, like, Mayfield's going to have a lot of pressure on him. New England's playing the most man of any team this season. And, like, Ricky Seals-Jones has opportunity to get open a little bit. So, um, I don't hate Ricky Seals-Jones as a tournament flyer. More on a Fandle, though. Like, I, you're gonna you're playing him because you want a touchdown. Yeah, for um, sure. The Pats, the Patriots side of things here, you know, when we're looking at this matchup for them, Cleveland has not been great against the run this season. They've kind of struggled with the pass, too. Cleveland is coming off of a bye week. I guess we should say that. But the offensive line has been terrible for Cleveland, too. So, another reason to like the Patriots' defense. Yeah, man, for sure. Um... <laughs> Stevie, this has got to be the number one defense on the week, don't you think? I mean, look, I think the Patriots are going to score points, but my favorite play for the Patriots right now is their defense. Every week I've played them, I've been successful. They haven't let me down. And, you know, I haven't been able to play them uh, recently because, you know, they've had a Sunday night game. I think they had a Monday night game. But they just haven't let me down. I I don't expect them to let me down this week. Uh, Patriots – Defense, I think number one defense on the slate. Uh, Ju- Julian Edelman, a guy that's going to continue to get massive amounts of targets. Philip Dursett, I uh, like him as well. But Julian Edelman, man, I mean, you got to he- – he's just a beast, man. And I- I'm-, I'm really liking what they're doing. They're moving him around, outside, inside. Uh, he pretty, I mean, he-, he pretty much catches everything. He had a pass, you know, this past week that he dropped. I, I didn't think he should have. But outside of that – I mean, the guy's just a monster. He's got a 25.7% target share. Last two weeks, 15 targets and 12 targets. Uh, that should tell you all you need to know. Uh, if you can get Julian Edelman in your lineups, I think you need to do it. And he's got some touchdown equity now with the lack of red zone threats. Although I do think Ben Watson, I think as he progresses and gets going, he'll probably see uh, some red zone targets. But Julian Edelman, man, got to be your number one receiver for this team, uh, along with James White. Uh, I love, love, love Julian Edelman uh, in this game. Yeah, um, I like Edelman as well. I don't think Sanu plays a ton here. You know, we've seen with the Patriots a bunch where they bring in somebody new and they just – they. They have such a complex offense that it takes a it takes a week or so to learn it. Um, so, I think you could play Jacoby Myers here. He's thirty six hundred. This dude's legit. Um, so I I hated the Sanu trade because like Jacoby Myers was the guy that I really wanted to play down the stretch. Um, but Jacoby Myers is, is a tournament dart here and man, Sonny Michelle had three rushing touchdowns. Will last week on 19 carries and still only put up 22 fantasy points. He had 18 points by a touchdown and only yeah. put up 22 fantasy points. So only 22. Only. I like, I like Sonny Michelle, but it's more on like Fanduel. Um, and it's to pair him with the defense to get that correlation. But yeah, I like Edelman and um, I don't hate, you know, Benjamin Watson here. He's a guy that ran 18, ran 18 routes and had five targets. So he's cheap. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, if you're playing on Fantasy Draft, we do have the Sunday Night Football game and Yahoo. They have those on the main slate. So, going to continue on here with Green Bay at Kansas City. It's a 47.5 total here. Green Bay is favored by four in this game. Aaron Rodgers reminded us last week that no matter who he's facing, no matter when it is, no matter what, um, he is still a guy that can break slates. Um, he's still Aaron Rodgers. So, monster game against Oakland. Again, Oakland stinks. Um, what are we doing here with Green Bay? Oh, boy. What are we doing, Stevie? I <sighs> So, here's the thing. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers – I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be the Aaron Rodgers of last week. I think maybe he throws for 250 and two touchdowns, and I think Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams get, get the rest done. Um, look, I, I, I trust Andy Reid. I trust that Kansas City will be able to score some points, but I don't, I don't think this offense is going to be as dynamic as having Patty Mahomes in there. Tyreek Hill, obviously, he can get behind anybody. So expect Sammy Watkins to be back. I totally get that. But I, I'm i not expecting any more games like that out of Aaron Rodgers this year in any, any of them. I mean, you know, a 300 game and three touchdowns, yeah, but nothing like what we saw. As a result, you know, I, I think I'm just going to lean on the running game here and, and hope that Aaron Jones does what I expect him to do, and that's get in the end zone along with Jamal Williams. Yeah, definitely don't mind Aaron Jones here. The wide receiver is like the, the targets were still so spread out um, that like he was just throwing to everybody. Like, yeah, those guys caught touchdowns, but realistically, like you could have played Rodgers by himself and been better off. But um, and then, like you said, on the like the Kansas City side here, Mahomes was limited at practice and people are freaking out. There is a very, very like one percent chance that Patrick Mahomes plays this week. He's a franchise oh, yeah. quarterback. He dislocated his kneecap. Like, it would take a lot for them to have him out there, and I just don't see him being out there. So, my thing here, when you're looking at Kansas City in this matchup, Will, Green Bay is a funnel defense. They want you to run the ball against them. You're not likely going to pass against them. And, like, when I'm looking at Kansas City, like, I don't get excited about playing LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williamson, um, Williams, or Darrell Williams, like – this might be a spot, like, if you're playing on Fantasy Draft or Yahoo, you could potentially throw out some Green Bay stacks with Aaron Jones and get that correlation. Because I think the Green Bay defense is kind of interesting here with more and not much in the running game. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, man. It's the subtle differences, you know, on, on DraftKings. You know, I think you probably want to sprinkle some Packers defense in there. I'm, I'm not willing to roll them in the captain like, a, like, like, you know, people would have on Monday night, of course. With, with the Patriots, but it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Chiefs don't score any points there. I, I think they'll score some, but 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 I'm with you, man. Uh, I, I, I like I like the Packers defense as well. I I think if you know if, if you're looking at this game, you got to think the Chiefs are going to be behind, which means the pass catchers should be in play, whether or not they get in the end zone or not. That that's up for debate, but. Uh, We've got to see where Matthew Moore is going to put these targets. Maybe Kelsey will be a security blanket. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Tyreek Hill as well. I know Tyreek caught a bomb from him in that Denver game, but that game was already out of hand. This game, they're going to be behind for sure. Sammy Watkins being back here certainly helps, but 
If this if if Patrick Mahomes was healthy in this game, this game would be a game Ooh. you'd be stacking on fantasy draft and Yahoo. But Matthew Moore, huge difference from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Monday night football will. Um, since we got basketball back, we won't really get to talk about this on the Monday podcast. We got the Dolphins and the Steelers, 43 total here. Pittsburgh's favored by 14 and a half in this game. As a Dolphins fan, I want them to lose a lot this season. I want them to get the draft picks. <laughs> there is one game that I want them to win, Will. If we're going to give up Fitzpatrick and do the trade with the Steelers, you need to beat the Steelers to keep them to get a better draft pick from their pick. Um, all joking aside, I'm going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker on the showdown slate. Um, Preston Williams had eight targets. Like, Fitzpatrick is just better than Josh Rosen. Like, we know what we're getting out of Fitzpatrick. Getsky, um, he's interesting. Mark Walton had 14 carries. They're trying to trade Kenyon Drake. They're featuring Mark Walton now. Like, those are the guys that I'm looking at on the Miami side for showdown. Yeah, man. I, I, I gotcha. Um, you're a better man than me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I definitely It's think a one-game slate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, man. I know. I'm just messing with you. I, I definitely think you can do it. I think, I think Mark, Mark Walton is a good player here for sure. Um, Devontae Parker, like you said, I mean, you know, fits his main man. I, I think you got to look at him and, uh, and sprinkle him in. Uh, because you got to suspect they'll be behind. We know that Fitz Magic can move the ball down the field, which is, which which bodes well. Which is kind of what I ended up talking about last week with the Buffalo game. I said, well, while I do like the Buffalo side a lot, I felt like the Dolphins would be able to move the ball some and possibly score, and they did. They did exactly what I thought they would do, and I'm think it's it's pretty much the same scenario. I'm not saying they're going to score 40 points, but I think 14 and you know, 24 points is a reasonable expectation with Fitzmagic back there and, and a few pass catchers. So I, I, I like this side as well. Um, you know, I'm not expecting them to win, but I definitely think you'll need, you know, a guy like Parker and Williams to possibly take down a showdown tournament. Um, and on the Steelers side of things here, um, sounds like Mason Rudolph's going to be back and playing quarterback here. Um, they're coming off a bye week. We should see a healthier Steelers team. Just load up on James Conner in this spot if Jalen Samuels is not back. Like, the Miami Dolphins are terrible. Um, I will say Benny Snell got a ton of carries um, week six, but uh, this is the spot you load up on James Conner. Um, Captain Conner for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that that's going to be a, a really good play. Uh, Mason Rudolph did clear the – concussion protocol, uh, which was uh, last week. So I, he's definitely going to play this week, I think. Um, I, I, no doubt about it. I think he'll be in there. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you, man. Captain Connor, I, I think I, mean, I think he's your guy. Juju, I do think Juju's going to have a lot more production this week with Mason Rudolph back. In fact, I, I this could be a Juju game. Juju hasn't had a breakout game. What better spot to get going in against the Dolphins, who pretty much every receiver has 60 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so I like Juju as well here, especially if he can get loose. If he breaks off two touchdowns, you may need him. But I think those are my top two top two uh, 
captain plays, uh, Juju or James Conner. In fact, I'd probably go all in. If I was running 100 lineups, I'd probably go 50-50 on both of those guys and hope to catch the upside elsewhere. All right. Um, that's going to wrap it up. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here using the DraftKings main slate like we always do. Um, give me a guy running back for over 100 yards rushing that's not a top five running back. Man, you know, this is almost like cheating. I, I hate this. And I'm not going to do it. I, I was going to give you Chris Carson. I'm, I'm not going to do that, man. Give me give me Marlon Mack here at 6,100. Let, let's go Marlon Mack. I like that one. Um, you know what? Give me Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I knew it. That, that was the other guy I was going to use. That was, that was the other guy I was going to use, 4,700. Got to love it. You, do you know what's crazy, Will? This is what's crazy and where we're at this NFL season. Joe Mixon is 4,600, and we didn't even bring him up. Like, his yeah. season has been so bad that he is 4,600, and we didn't even bring him up. Um, yeah. Wide receiver for 100-plus receiving yards, not in the top five. Uh, man, see, I, I feel like I'm cheating when I do this, but th- this is a guy, because I'm on him this week – Kenny Galladay, man. Kenny Galladay. Do you know the first shirt that I – football shirt that I bought for my kid was a Kenny Galladay shirt? So, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I love Kenny Galladay. Um, you know what? Give me Allen Robinson. I think this is a good spot for A-Rob. I think he's one of the safer plays on the slate, so that means he's going to get three points. Um, give, me, <laughs> <laughs> give me a tight end that's going to score a touchdown, not in the top five. Don't take my guy. Well, I already know who your guy is because we're on the same guy. We're just, we're just gonna have to have to have to roll with it, man. Give me Gerald Everett here. Wasn't my guy. I love okay. Everett. Again, there's a good chance I play Everett in cash games this week. But I'm gonna say Hollister from Seattle gets in the oh, end zone this week. Good one. Good one. Yeah. You know, um, you know, under. That's something I got to write. I got to make sure I write that down and put a star next to it. That's that's when to put in the old notebook this week. Give me a guy under 5K flex play to score over 20 DraftKings points this week. Man, I'm going to roll my guy again. Uh, he, he didn't let me down last week. I don't think he's going to let me down this week. Uh, give me my boy, man, D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, the guy that I wanted to play is just above 5K. So I'm I'm kind of scrolling here to see. I do think Ty Johnson has a good chance um, with the workload. I already said Carlos Hyde for another one. I'm just yep. kind of scrolling here and killing time. I should have did um, this before we got started. But I'll be honest, Will. The more I scroll through here, the more I don't like a lot of these plays here. Um, you know what? Give me Ted Ginn to get twenty points Boom. this week. I, I know you. One. I know you like your Michael Thomas, but Patrick Peterson on him. Teddy Ginn, long touchdown. I don't love this one. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't love this one this week. <laughs> I got you. The guy that I was going to say was Cortland Sutton, and I thought he was under 5K and he's 5,300. Yeah, 5, 300, 53, so. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I can't take a 5K guy because that's my rule, or I would have taken DK Metcalf or Coleman. But um, give me a quarterback to throw for 300-plus yards, not in the top five. Man, listen, got to go with my guy. I talked him up on the, you know, earlier today. <sighs> give me Jacoby Brissett, man. I, I'm, I'm rolling with Jacoby this week. Surprised that you didn't take um, Stafford there. As much as like the Stafford love has been a thing for you all podcasts, I was um, I no, was really expecting St- Stafford six K though. It no, it just has to be not oh, the top, top five. five. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, yeah, well, of course, it's Stafford. Every, every, so everybody, just so you're clear, <laughs> I'm playing Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay in, in my main tournament team. Like that, guarantee. <laughs> Jacoby, you know. Just because I'm ready for all the hate tweets on Monday or on Sunday afternoon, I'm going to take Ryan Tannehill. Again, I'm playing Ryan Tannehill this week. So I hope hope Tannehill helps me take down a tournament this week. But I guess I could have paired Tannehill with one of his wide receivers in the under 5K play. I'm, I'm totally missing the boat here. Um, I would totally take Corey Davis Let's for everybody go. over Ted Ginn. Um, Let's go. <laughs> so, anyway, Will, any final thoughts before we get out of here? As we, as I just totally messed up the game today. No, listen, man. I'm happy to be here. Fans, friends, family. It's been a good show. Uh, stay true to yourself. Uh, we're just here to help. If you're on somebody, stay on them because you don't want them to be in the winning lineup and not have them. It's going to wrap it up here for Thursday, week eight. We'll be back tomorrow um, talking some good old-fashioned NBA. You're joining me for NBA tomorrow, and uh, we're going to get to talking to that. What actually makes a better toothbrush? Industrial strength power, claims of trendy ingredients, multiple modes. If you ask your dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush and more about how you use it. That's why Quip was created by Dennis and product designers to focus on what actually matters for your oral health. Healthier habits. Quip sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer. Guide gentle brushing for dentists recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses, ensuring an even clean. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. The sleek and intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice every day. Good habits matter to... Live a healthier life. So help form fresh oral habits and with Quip. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash fantasy right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's getquip.com slash fantasy to get your first refill free. Make sure you support our show and start brushing better. Right now, go to getquip.com slash fantasy. Hope you guys enjoy the week eight fantasy football podcast here on the morning grind. We'll be back talking basketball tomorrow. Good luck in your contest and we'll see you then.